0: Hello, and welcome to The Rainbow Chaser, Colorful Tales from a Struggling Actor. I'm Terry Power, and today I'm going to be sharing uh, more of the story uh, around the filming of Man on the Moon, the Andy Kaufman story at the Ambassador Hotel. Uh, hopefully you've heard uh, episode uh, 13, because this is episode 14. And um, you, I will be drawing on, uh, you know, that that story. So if you haven't heard it, please uh, go back, uh, take a listen, and make sure to share and like um, my podcast. All right, so um, going back to the filming at the Ambassador Hotel... I'm going to say that each day that we we were called to the set so we had a nice long run Um, we were called to the set early each morning and the background actors were then directed to go to hair and makeup and then on to wardrobe and then generally once we got through uh, those aspects of preparation we went to breakfast at craft services and we would sit and eat breakfast and and chat and uh, you know just get ready for our day of filming it was just such a nice perk to be somewhere that uh, not only was i booked for for a long period of time um, and i didn't have to worry about where i was going to be working the next day and calling in for you know to be booked on a on another shoot Um, But it was also nice that I had a place where I knew I was getting meals and fed and meeting new friends, including uh, my newest friend, who was Pamela, when I told you about her uh, in the last episode. And I didn't have to spend money on groceries, and I felt like I was really part of the Hollywood machine. One of the very uh, early mornings, I remember, um, with Pamela uh, and and I, we had been seated at craft service at a table, and we were eating the breakfast. And Will just happened to be booked uh, on the shoot that particular day. And he came, and he had just gone through uh, costume and wardrobe, and he had this 1970s suit on and they had done this funny thing with his hair <laughs> and like slicked it back and uh, and he sat down and of course joined us uh, for breakfast and Pamela who was a very colorful woman uh, started to tell us her wild stories about her youth and um, a, a one particular story that morning I remember. <laughs> Um, she was talking about how she used to be an entertainer during World War II, and it was her job as as a dancer to go to different locations and to perform uh, on stages in front of the troops. And she this she was an amazing dancer, and and from her description, you know she could dance. Uh, ballet and jazz and tap and gymnastics and uh and so suddenly I knew oh this is why this woman had such a svelte beautiful body even into her older years so anyway she was telling us about this story and uh and Will is uh listening and and just quietly eating his egg and cheese sandwich and he was seated right across from me And we're listening intently, and she's just rambling on and telling us detail after detail about her performing. And then she tells us that she had this one time where she was performing on a stage in a tiny little bikini. And she started to do these big high kicks for the men. And they, she always liked to do her big high kicks because they always enjoyed, you know, that aspect of her dancing. But this particular day, she was on her period at the time. And it was kind of an early uh, point for women's products, we'll say. And, uh, and she had uh, a tampon in. And during one of her big high kicks... All of a sudden, their tampon flew out uh, of her body and onto the stage. And the, like a missile, like a missile, she said. And the men screamed and cheered. <laughs> and she just smiled and went on with her dance. <laughs> um, the minute that she told that aspect of the story, I burst into tears laughing. Uh, not because of the content of her story, but because of Will's face seated across from me. <laughs> he uh, literally choked on his breakfast sandwich and then had to spit it up onto his plate. After that, Will really didn't want to sit down with Pamela (laughs) and have breakfast again. Uh, It was a few days (laughs) of that, uh, of avoiding her and uh, him just not wanting to be part of listening to her colorful tales, which I found so wonderfully entertaining. Uh, Soon we were shepherded into the former uh, Coconut Grove ballroom stage area and we started the filming and I was uh, made to sit with this older balding gentleman who was really a slimy guy Um, unfortunately it was paired with him and I had to be with him for the entire duration of the filming so we're talking a good like week of long days with Mr. Slimeball now, I don't mean to be mean about it, but he just, he was. So let me, I'll just explain. Um, apparently, like, the, the casting crew felt like we were, like we looked good as like a 1970s couple. That's why they put me with him. And they really like were encouraging us to, when the cameras were rolling, to act as though we were a couple. And the whole premise of it was that we were a couple in Harris Tahoe in a lounge watching Tony Clifton perform, who we believed was really Andy Kaufman. So if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I that scene, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so we were supposed to be this couple in a, in, a, in a lounge. And this guy, he just was so offensive. Um, he just kept I mean I was I was significantly younger than him at the time, so I probably he was about 20 years older than me, I'd say. And um, he just kept hitting on me and and wanting to touch me when I, I really wasn't okay with it. And, and he was using really using the excuse of the taping to touch me. And I was I was so uncomfortable. And to make matters even worse, there, we, we were we were filming. He was touching me, and Milo's foreman, who was the director of the movie, came over and and actually approached us and 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 further encouraged him, um, the slime ball by stating how good we were at, at at put and and how good we were at, like acting as this couple. And he even put the camera on us specifically and did very very close up shots. Um, there are there are several shots of me just me um, and him and then shots of us as a as a couple that um, even made it into the film uh, so this this man just felt like he had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted to do and it was very awful and um, i st- i still am just like every time i see the, the, the takes and um, those shots in the film i just i cringe i cringe thinking about it But the one good saving grace, and I have to talk about this, was Danny DeVito on that set. Every morning, there we were, setting up, after breakfast, going in there. I had to sit with this man, um, who was a total (laughs) slimeball. And Danny DeVito would come, and he would introduce himself, talk to us, um, specifically shake our hands, ask us how it was going. And so it was just a nice, like lovely gesture that I felt really comfortable when Danny DeVito was around and he just would make the day. Make the day and made those long hours with Mr. Slimeball all worth it. He really did. Um, and Danny DeVito was playing uh, Andy Kaufman's manager in the film, so he was he was with us in that particular um, scene for that entire week. Now, I will also say that Jim Carrey then came to the set he was probably on the set I would say maybe the third day in of filming and when he came to the set he was not Jim Carrey everyone either referred to him as Andy Kaufman if he was Andy Kaufman that day and I'll be talking about that uh, in a little bit in another episode And, or he was um, Tony Clifton. So when I was filming with uh, Jim Carrey, he was never Jim Carrey. He was Andy Kaufman or Tony Clifton, depending on which persona he was performing that day for the cameras. It was probably toward the very end of the week of filming when I had an encounter with Tony Clifton who chose me out of the audience of background artists to improvise part of a scene with. And this made the entire time of sitting there day after day being manhandled by Mr. Slimeball all worth it as an actor. I will continue the story in the next episode.